Welcome to Marking Minute by Presco. From engineered film to safety markers, take a minute to explore the products that impact us every day. Welcome to the Marking Minute, brought to you by Presco. I'm your host, James Kent. Today, we're taking a peek behind the curtains to learn about what goes into the making of many of Presco's custom products. Joining me today are Dr. Stephen Hutchison, Technical Director at Presco Polymers, and Stephen Janik, a chemical engineer at Presco. Stephen and Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Thanks, James. Uh, now, so what's cool about today is, while people may be familiar with Presco safety marking products and engineered film, they may not be as familiar with the research and development that goes on in the Presco labs that makes these products come to life. And we'll get to that in a moment. But first, I wanted to chat with you both on your backgrounds and the paths you each took to arrive at Presco. Uh, Stephen H., I'm going to call you because we have two Stevens and we're going to have to try to uh, figure this out. Uh, why don't we start with you? I, I know that you have a PhD in chemical engineering. And uh, uh, so I'm kind of fascinated as to how you got involved in, in this career of chemistry, you know, maybe even from an early age. Well, uh, I guess uh, I've always had an interest in uh, science and, and technology and engineering mathematics. Uh, my dad, he was a high school biology teacher. He actually still is a high school biology teacher. And uh, I was always kind of uh, kind of led in that direction. Um, I excelled at uh, chemistry and mathematics uh, in junior high and high school. Um, I went to do my undergraduate at Texas Tech University in chemical engineering. And that's where I really found, I guess, an interest in, in polymers. After my sophomore year, uh, I was accepted as part of a cooperative internship with CCOR, which is now a division of Corning called Corning Cable Systems. And there uh, I met a number of wonderful individuals uh, in their materi materials laboratory. And uh, that's where my uh, first uh, real interest in, in looking at plastics, what they're made of, what they can do uh, occurred. And then my plan was is to actually be a materials engineer for them and not even go to graduate school. But Life leads you in one direction, and the economy <laughs> leads you in another direction. So uh, this was this happened to be 2000, 2001, uh, where um, the economy, the the, the dot com bubble burst. Corning Cable Systems was a fiber optic cable manufacturer, mostly, and a lot of telecom components. And uh, unfortunately, couldn't hire me, but it actually worked out well uh, because uh, a professor at Texas Tech who I had taken a polymer physics course from, uh, took an interest in me and was always pushing me to think about graduate school and, and took me on as a student. Um, and that led me down uh, my the beginning of my academic path. So I, I stayed there. I pursued uh, under his uh, tutelage, uh, Gregory B. McKenna is his name, and uh, well-known in, uh, in glassy polymers, glass transition, uh, rubbery materials. And, and I just... Uh, did, did work under him, uh, got my PhD in chemical engineering with an emphasis in uh, polymer rheology and polymer physics. And uh, my attitude was at the time that uh, I enjoyed the research, but I really felt uh, a calling to go uh, into a path uh, of teaching. Um, so the University of Kentucky offered me a position at their Paducah campus, which is in the western part of the state. And uh, I did that for three years. Teaching uh, was an interesting experience. Students nowadays, uh, even though even though I'm about 20, 25 years removed from from that uh, time frame, uh, 
students had changed quite a bit. Yeah. Um, uh, the one positive thing I can say about uh, students nowadays is they understand the economics of their situation when it comes to uh, expecting a return on investment for the money they're spending on their education. So after that, I decided with the discussion with my wife that uh, this wasn't the life for us. And uh, I wanted to go back to where I was having the most fun, which actually was in the materials lab or something of that nature at Corning Cable Systems. And so I was very fortunate to find a position at Presco. They offered me a, a way, a pathway back into industry, which I'll forever be grateful for. And uh, now I've finished up uh, over six years here. Well, that's fantastic. Now, uh, how about uh, the other Stephen, Stephen Jay? My story is a little bit different than Stephen H's. I did my undergrad in chemical engineering uh, from University of California, Berkeley. While I was there, I actually worked for the California football team, which is a weird thing for a chemical engineer to do. But <laughs> funny thing is I met the CEO of Presco, Joe Hart, at a conference that he had at the Haas School of Business while I was with the Cal football team. Uh, they had all the CEOs at this conference come over to meet the football players, and I saw that he was going to be there. So I walked up to him and approached him because I did a little bit of research on Presco. There were some things that they did that interested me. So... I just went and had a conversation with him. He invited me out to tour the facilities next time I was in Texas. And I came out here, met the people, very much understood that it's a wonderful company, a great place to work, a great place to you know build your family, your work family. And so I stayed in contact with him throughout my undergraduate time at Berkeley. And then when it came time for me to graduate, I knew I wanted to come to Texas. And there was a, a position opening here. So I applied for it, interviewed. And one thing led to another. And now here I am, chemical engineer, uh, working in research and development here under Stephen. I love how, uh, you know, you can be doing one thing and then, you know, a chance meeting leads you into a different direction that you weren't quite uh, thinking of. Now, Stephen, you just mentioned that you're chemical engineer at Presco. What does your day-to-day role entail? My day-to-day role is a little bit complex because it really depends on the day. So... The great thing about our research and development department is that we see the whole process from A to Z. So a day can include, you know, traveling to customers to offer technical support, or I can spend an entire day out on the production lines helping scale up project. But generally, I would say most of the time I spend in the labs um, developing new colors or materials. Um, During my first few years here, I've really honed in on color tolerances because for a lot of our customers, that is something that's very important for them. So I've taken a lot of time to understand and really grasp our pigment library and how to apply those to create solutions for our customers. Stephen H., why don't you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day role at Presco? Um, Well, as technical director, um, I have a, a, a multitude of things that I do. Um, uh, much like uh, Stephen Janik said, it can be different from day to day. Fortunately, I have a great staff that helps us uh, push this forward with, with Stephen Janik and also our lab technician, uh, Cheryl Rafe-Snyder. So uh, one of my chief duties is uh, when we get a request from a customer uh, for a certain PVC formulation uh, is to formulate for the specific requirements, whether that means uh, a certain mildicide loading or to pass a certain test for antimicrobials or uh, flame retardancy. Uh, many, and many, many, many of our products uh, are flame retarded because of the industries that we serve, uh, tents, awnings, uh, drapery type uh, replacements. 
so uh, so that's that's one one chief duty is to formulate for those requirements. Another is so Presco is very lean and that allows us to move fast, move quickly. There's not a lot of bureaucracy, uh, so we can move fast when it comes to developing products. And it also allows us to uh, get information back to the customer quickly. Um, so another chief duty of mine is to uh, help supply regulatory information to our customers concerning um, any regulatory standards that uh, products need to meet, whether that's California Prop 65 or it's uh, something, for, say, for Europe, a substance of very high concern from REACH. Uh, that's, that's another uh, duty that, that I have under my umbrella of responsibilities. Um, also, with, with processing, uh, much like Stephen, uh, can, I can find myself out on the line trying to take a product from a uh, laboratory scale uh, all the way up through uh, production film quality to you know tens of thousands of pounds of material running. So in terms of Presco's research and development capabilities, would you say that you work mostly on these type of quick turnaround projects or are they a lot of long-term projects or is it a mixture? Um, I would say that it's a mixture. We have a lot of projects uh, that uh, can vary day to day on importance, um, and, and that really goes down to the customer. Uh, we do have a, uh, quite a few uh, things that are lined up as what we term as blue sky projects that Presco doesn't necessarily have an offering in the field right now that we work on uh, when we can, but uh, we really do try to serve our sales teams and our customers for uh, products that they that we know we can turn around fast for them, especially uh, if it's uh, say some of our larger customers like our military customers. A lot of the times there, they're just looking at changing a color, and that's why uh, we've got such uh, you know we can turn around in such a quick manner due to the really the the lack of red tape so to speak on 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 launching these things, but also based on the skill set that we have. And uh, as Stephen Janik pointed out earlier, he's taken a real, real interest in color science, and he has become an excellent colorist in a very short period of time. Our lab technician also has approximately 10 years of experience in color matching uh, for customers. And this really makes at least that portion of the job allows us to, to move fast and and really allows allows me to focus on the other re requests that come out of our laboratory uh, because these guys do such a great job. When, when sales comes to you with a tight time frame project, you know, what's the process for such quick turnarounds? I mean, you mentioned that you run lean and that you can respond pretty quickly, but I'm kind of looking for some of the details of what is that process when you get this quick turnaround? Well, we're very fortunate that in our uh, laboratory that we have a, uh, the ability to do uh, uh, small-scale dry blend compounding, and we also have a lab extruder to run that material. Um, it gives us an uh, exceptional way to mimic what happens uh, in production, and it also allows us to uh, give uh, a customer something that they can actually touch, feel. They can look at the embossing. We have the ability to reproduce the embossings on the film that we uh, produce in production. Um, it allows us to do very, very good color matches, uh, let them see colors that they, they would anticipate seeing off of a finished product. Um, and we can do it in, in small batches, um, about 20 pound batches, as opposed to, uh, if we went, went to the, one of the larger extruders, we could run anywhere from uh, 400 to, a th to 1200 pounds. And maybe Stephen uh, Janet can give some more comments about uh, some of the other things that help us uh, move these things forward. 
Yeah, I guess I would just say on those, having the lab extruder is great because it allows us to, like you said, have that quick turnaround with customers. And when color is a very tight and important uh, quality of film for a customer, having smaller six inch lab samples that we can send them that actually will mimic what they see when they get final product. It's really good because there's a lot of excitement that comes in a very fast period of time. <laughs> if that makes any sense, but I really like it because we can create a base formulation that will have all the properties of the material that they need and then create a lot of different variations of colors for them. Well, I'm sure your customers appreciate it. Absolutely. And sales does as well. So <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's the, like Steven said, the flow of information happens very fast at Presco. So lately, what, what has you both excited in the lab? What trends are you seeing? Uh, what's the material you find utilizing a lot these days? Well, what, what excites me is is that uh, Presco, uh, again, is, is a predominantly a PVC, a plasticized PVC film manufacturer. Uh, but we have started stretching out and looking at other polymeric systems. Um, so we've had uh, some pretty good success uh, with a couple of commercialized lines of TPU uh, PVC alloys. So TPU is uh, thermoplastic polyurethane. And uh, what that allows us to do is to compete against uh, some of the markets that have, uh, I would say, straight TPU. It gives you a cost savings while incorporating the PVC. And uh, it also enhances uh, PVC's ability for certain things like uh, tear resistance and abrasion resistance. And so, 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 so that excites me. We're also looking at and uh, processing a uh, EVA film. So EVA is ethylene vinyl acetate. Um, you may have seen it uh, if you go to uh, Bed Bath & Beyond or Walmart uh, and go to the shower curtain liner aisle. You don't see PVC anymore. You see EVA or PEVA. They're the same thing. And uh, it's a polyolefin. And uh, what it does is it's a block copolymer that uh, takes advantage of uh, some of the properties of polyethylene and some of the properties of polyvinyl acetate, which allows it to be a softer material uh, it allows it to be uh, rubber. It allows it to be extruded and, and formed in, in, in many of the same ways that you do uh, that you can do with vinyl. It, it's not what I'd call a straight replacement, but it is a replacement a lot of people are looking at, especially those that are concerned with plasticizers. Um, so we're excited that we're, we're, we're going into the EVA film market. Uh, we're, we're running some EVA film. Uh, we're having some customers uh, take a look at it, and it's just another option. Um, I'm not saying that I think PVC will ever go away. I think it's a fantastic material. It does things that other things can't, but EVA is definitely a cost-competitive alternative, especially compared to, say, TPU, but uh, it, allows, uh, it, it just allows another polymer, another offering to our customer base. Now, is this, uh, is this something that customers have been asking you for, or is it something you're now introducing to customers? Customers have been looking for EVA for, again, for some applications. Um, there's, a lot of, there's been a lot of work at looking at EVA for uh, medical film replacements for, say, like blood bags or discharge bags. So, so we're looking at manufacturing a film to make that offering to customers. So I think it's, it's hand in hand. We've had some customers ask about it, and we've also been trying to give it as an option to customers to have them look at, to see whether or not uh, it's something that they could use. Looking a little bit in the future, is there anything in the pipeline for later this year or beyond 2020? You know, where would you like to see research and development go in the future at Presco? I think that uh, there's still a lot that Presco, uh, from a film side, uh, has to, to work on, to look at. 
we, we continually look at uh, different markets like graphic film market, uh, backlit tent film market, uh, backlit application markets, uh, areas where right now uh, there's a lot of strong players. And while we produce very fine quality film, some of those applications, we're still working on tweaking formulas and getting them to the right place to, to look at those markets. Um, again, I think EVA, that's an opportunity there. And as, as we build our experience with that and look at other applications, um, I'm excited to think that maybe that will take off. And then we'll look at actually compounding with EVA, so adding uh, different pigments and additives. I mean, really, the sky's the limit. Uh, the great thing is that we can try anything. Uh, we have the laboratory extruder. Um, it allows us to try anything. Uh, we've tried uh, different applications to incorporate uh, different types of uh, perfumes and fragrances to make vinyls that smell. Uh, years ago, the people have incorporated chopped up carpet to see how, what type of uh, material would come out of the extruder doing that. I mean, uh, we are very open-minded. We don't have a lot of limitations, I think, from, from our standpoint. We uh, have wonderful relationships with our customers and suppliers. Um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about uh, working with suppliers on trying maybe some new materials that haven't hit the market yet. Stephen, Janik, and myself, we, we've, we've formed very good relationships with a lot of our suppliers. And uh, so uh, our name, Presco, comes up now of saying, hey, these guys are willing to uh, give us feedback on, on materials and on additives. Uh, let's talk with these guys. And uh, that, that allows us to get a, a kind of a first look at some things that uh, some other companies don't necessarily get to look at. Presco started off and it still is a custom house when it comes to vinyl formulating. We have an archive that's stretched back over the years of about approximately 14,000 formulations. Wow. And of which probably around uh, between 1,800 to 2,000, we could turn on at a moment's notice. I don't know if I could summarize it any better than Stephen H. <laughs> I guess the things things in the pipeline that excite me are the relationships with customers because they're the ones that bring a lot of incredible ideas to our book that we get to test. We can do research and see where we see market trends going towards, but the people that live and breathe and work in those markets day to day, they're the ones that really understand it better than we can. So having those very strong connections, those very strong relationships with our customers is very, very important. And I don't know if I could go into any specifics because some of those formulations are proprietary, but sure. Uh, but no, there's a lot of exciting stuff coming in 2020 and, uh, and beyond. Are there other capabilities in the lab uh, that customers might be surprised to learn that Presco also uh, is capable of? Absolutely. Just to begin with, I guess one thing that I've been working a lot with recently is our Xenon Arc Chamber. So that allows us to accelerate weather testing. So making sure that our films are UV resistant to the level that our customers want for duration of time. We also have a bunch of different flame chambers for specific testing, say California State Fire Marshal or different mining uh, specifications, LOI testing, which is a limited oxygen index. We have an RF welder to do comparative analysis on how our materials will weld. And we have we have a light box to look at the visual qualities of our films. We have a press in order to make press outs for different testing. There's a lot that we can do in our lab. We have a tinsel tester, which can give us a variety of different properties of our films that can be useful to customers in their end use applications. If anybody has any additional questions, it's always good for them to talk to our sales team because they are well-versed on our lab capabilities as well. 
I can go on and on about what the things that we can do in the lab, but we don't have all day here. <laughs> I guess I should have asked you, what can't you do? <laughs> That's a better question. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it all. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to get you fellows back to the lab. But first, I want to thank you both for taking the time to chat with me today. I've been speaking with the two Stevens, Dr. Stephen Hutchison, Technical Director at Presco Polymers, and Stephen Janik, Chemical Engineer at Presco. Thank you, James. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate the opportunity. And a kind thank you for tuning into this episode of The Marking Minute, brought to you by Presco. I'm your host, James Kent. We'll talk again soon. Mm -hmm.